Welcome to episode number 127 of the Church Collective Podcast. If you're listening to this episode as it's coming out, we're just a few days past Easter. My name's Ryan, and I have a really bad cold, so I apologize for that. I didn't have a cold when Chris and myself had the opportunity to talk to Kim Walker-Smith about her new album, about uh, just so many cool practical uh, ways to lead worship. And man, I'm running out of words and I'm about to cough, so I'm going to just jump straight in with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 127. The biggest thing for me has just been um, with this record really stepping out into something completely new, not just um, with it being a studio record, but also just feels like the most vulnerable uh, songwriting I've ever done in my life and really kind of exposing of the journey and that I've been on with the Lord for the last few years. It's been four years since my my last solo record was released. And so um, with this, it's just been kind of a, a journey of um, walking through and wrestling through some things with the Lord and kind of coming out on the other side and about to release this record. It feels like um, it feels like a, um, like a, a celebration and a breakthrough, like, oh, I made it to the other side, you know, sure. and, um, and I'm just really kind of waiting with a lot of excited anticipation of, of, what God is going to do and how he's going to use his songs um, and how, how it's going to be different from, from albums I've released before and how people will receive them and, and that sort of thing. I'm just kind of watching going, okay, Lord, it feels like this whole journey has been different. This head is probably going to be really different too. (laughs) And I'm just kind of watching and waiting with lots of excitement. (laughs) That's cool. What could you maybe speak to a little bit? Like, what's the difference between when you're preparing for this album versus you know a Jesus Culture album? Like, what 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 was that like for you? Yeah. So all of our Jesus Culture records are done live, and it's you know a group of us. So you know all of the the burden of you know picking out songs, recording, rehearsals, all that's not just on on me. Sure. Um, so we're all working together, and we're we're writing together. We're trying to pick out songs um, out of all the songs we've written that kind of come together and feels like a cohesive album. Whereas with this, um, I didn't do it live like normal. I did it in the studio. Um, And then I was the only, the only, I'm the only person being a solo record. And so I'm, uh, I was totally, you know, in my own freedom could just pick out out of all these songs I've written, these are the ones that should be on the record and what what we should do and how we should do it. And um, and it's a completely different experience recording in the studio, I have discovered, than <laughs> live. Because we've only ever done live and all of my other studio album or all of my other solo albums were live. And um, so going into the, the studio was, it was completely, completely different. Um, yeah, who, so who's playing on the album with you? Um, let's see, Jeffrey Cundy, who is the guitar player for G's Culture, he played, uh, some guitar stuff, and then also, um, James Duke, who, James Duke plays a lot with, um, Matt Redman, mostly, and Chris Tomlin, but he's, he's played on a, on a ton of records. Um, a guy named Jacob Arnold did the drums, um, a guy named Trey Gunn did, um, all the keys, and he... Um, is someone who's done keys on a lot of our our records, um, and then uh, Jonathan Berlin, um, who he has a band called the Sun Bears, and um, I, I don't I couldn't even tell you I think it's like electronic music or something, mm. but um, 
he plays uh, bass and he plays some guitar as well. And um, it's all like pretty simple arrangements. There's not a ton of, of instruments on there, but those were the, the main guys doing all the, the instrument stuff. So, Cool. Who, who was producing it? Jeremy Edwardson produced the record and he, he's actually the one who's produced all of our records. He, he produced all the Jesus culture records. He's produced all my solo records. Um, I've been working with him for a really long time. Got some questions from our community. Love to hear. It looks like a, so we have a Facebook community page and it's like, anybody have questions for, for Kim and, um, probably five or six times people are like, how on earth do you warm up and prepare your voice? Like how, how do you, you know, keep it strong and how, how are you able to do that almost night in night out? Like any, any tips yeah. for us? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say every vocal teacher I've ever talked to has said that warming up your voice and cooling down your voice is, um, just as important, you know, cooling down is just as important as warming up. Um, I would say I do that probably 50% of the time. Mm. <laughs> um, part of that is cause I'm a mom and I've usually got toddlers climbing all over me and I'm like trying to peel them off of me before I run on the stage. Um, but I, I do have like things that I do like, drinking a massive amount of water all the time, not just on the days that I sing, trying to get as much sleep as possible. Again, that's a challenge with toddlers. Sure. Um, but I think people don't realize how much sleep affects your your voice. And if you don't get enough of it, it, it will really affect your voice. And then just trying to stay healthy. And um, I don't eat a bunch of junk before I sing. I try to be cautious of that and eat the junk later. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, and, and just not uh, – it, it really helps if you have really good monitor or in-ears, like something like that. As long, if you can hear yourself really well, you won't over-sing or strain your voice. So that's another really important factor is making sure that you've got a really good mix and can hear your sure. voice really well that, and you won't That That brings up a good question. Like what, what does a good ear mix sound like for you? Like could you maybe speak – like is your voice like super loud? Oh, and yeah. Just a little, yeah, like what's that sound like for you? It is so different for every person. Um, I My voice is definitely the loudest in my ears of everything. Um, but the thing is, if you have it too loud or too far out in the front in your mix, it will sound like um, it'll be hard to tell if your pitch is right on because it'll kind of sound like you're trying to sing along with a track and you'll be going, is my voice like in this? Is you know? Um, and I like to have all the instruments and click, of course, mm -hmm. but other things like I like just a little bit of reverb and I do not like any compression. Mm -hmm. But Chris Kilala, who's the other worship leader who I sing with the most, he loves compression. Sure. And so to each their own, it, it's, it's different for everybody, but I, I definitely like to keep my, my voice not compressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> No, Chris was supposed to go next. Yeah. <laughs> you there, Chris? Lost him. Okay, I'll just keep rolling. Um, okay. So, so you said too, you're like peeling um, toddlers off of you. What what does it look like to be a mom and a wife, and like what what's family life look like while trying to lead? Like, how's God used that even in in your growth? I know, like you've been definitely people have known about you for a long time in worship leading. You know, cause, so so what does that look like? What's that arc kind of been, and what are you learning now through it? Through, you you broke up for just a minute just oh. through being a mother. Yeah, being being a mother and a wife and like you know yeah. everybody's known you for a long long time back with Jesus Culture was yeah. just just getting going. Um, like yeah. what what has that arc kind of been like for you? What's God taught you through all that? Yeah, you know, um, 
I think most people, when they become parents, one of the first things that they say is that they really learn a new understanding of the love of God when they have children of their own. Sure. And and that is really true. I feel like um, your children, you get married and your spouse kind of becomes a mirror and reflects back to you <laughs> some yeah. of the realities of who you are. Sure. You know, you go oh, wow, I didn't know I acted like that, or wow, I didn't know I was that selfish. And and then children take it to a whole new level. Children are like another level of mirror reflecting back to you your own things and your own issues, especially when they turn into toddlers that will mimic you and mimic the things that you say. And, you, and you're like, where did you learn that? And you realize, oh, that that was me. I, I did that. I let that slip or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, it's been pretty amazing just – the different things that I process through with my my boys and then the Lord later on going, you know, Kim, this is something I've been trying to, you know, teach you and about how I feel about you. And and um, it's really changed my relationship with the Lord and how I connect with the Lord. I don't I don't have the time that I did before. So I've, I've had to learn how to really like jump in and connect with Jesus in shorter spurts of time and and recognize like he's not limited to to time like I am and he can still meet me right where I where I'm at and um yeah I just I would say my understanding of him as a father has just really grown a lot and it, and it's definitely affected my worship and it's affected how I lead people as well you know sure. um my my love and my my compassion for people has certainly grown through all this process mm, that's really cool how would you um say you balance uh tour life with with being on staff at a church a, a home church and and just yeah. having a family at home yeah you know we we work really hard to make home priority um we we kind of set limits at, at how long we can be gone or on the road and um we try not to make it too much at any time um, as far as like church goes, we make sure that when we are gone, um, we've had a really solid team there to cover for us. And um, we don't want our church to feel like um, the whole the rest of the world is is getting um, us and, and they don't. You know what I mean? Like we we make sure that we've got a really solid team that does a fantastic job leading worship while we're we're gone. And um, and then as far as like the other side of it, like home and family. Uh, my husband and I just kind of decided we're just going to constantly be willing to adjust. And I, when I'm gone for long periods, I, I bring my family on the road. And uh, it's, it's hard, but it's worth it because we're all together. And at any if at any time my boys make it really clear, like, hey, we're done and we hate this, hmm. then we stop. And, and we actually did that. My, we reached a point where my boys, we could just tell they were just finished and they could not go on the road anymore. And so this last year, I actually took the whole year off and I stayed home and, um, we bought a little farm <laughs> and we, uh, we, we take care of animals and oh. we left our boys home all year and they totally changed. They, they, they needed that, that time. They needed that consistency. And then we got to the end of the year and went, okay, I think we're, we're ready to go back out again. And the last, we just got back from New Zealand and, um, they did fantastic. And I could tell like, okay, they're, they're good. They're ready to get back out. They had their break. So hmm. just being willing to adjust and kind of paying attention to what's, what's going on. So. Cool. Um, so I was talking to, uh, a college student 
and um, you know, just telling him that I was going to be talking to you and asked if he had any questions. And he had a question that originally I was, I kind of dismissed. I wasn't going to ask you because it seemed like he was being sarcastic, but he was actually being very um, sincere in his question. So his question was, he worded it, what's so funny? And so he was referring to your, kind of your signature laugh uh, that you have. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. actually, I, hopefully it doesn't offend you, but I, I no. kind of wanted to ask the question coming from, from you know, uh, a younger believer, you know, describe that, like what's going through your mind. You know, it's so funny. I get asked this all the time. So I'm, it's, it doesn't offend me at all. I think it's okay. so funny how much I get asked about this. And I never think, like, I've never thought about, well, I, I think about it now because people ask me, but I never really thought about it. Like, it, it just kind of comes out of me. You know, it's, it's, it's two things. Um, one is, while, while I'm leading worship, just like probably any worship leader, there are times and moments when you feel like the enemy is trying to distract you from what God is doing in the moment. There's there's different things, different thoughts or lies or whatever that can come in in that moment. And sometimes when that's happening to me, when I feel this kind of um, I'm pressing in for a moment, a breakthrough, and I can feel the resistance or I can feel the you know, some crazy thought just came in my head and I'm like, I just feel like the enemy's trying to distract me. Um, and I, it just makes me laugh because that's kind of my, my reaction, like nice try buddy. Hmm. And I, 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 I don't, I don't like think about that. That's just my natural reaction. And that's like on and off stage, like in my life, when I feel that kind of resistance or, you know, whatever it is, um, my reaction is, is just, to laugh and 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 understand and know like that stuff's not gonna win, and um, and then the other thing is like just to be perfectly honest, um, I love watching people worship. I love seeing people um, encounter Jesus, and every now and then you look out there and you see the really crazy person over in the corner just <laughs> dancing their heart out, whatever it is. And sometimes that makes me laugh because it's so funny and really precious. And who wouldn't laugh? You know, like it's sweet. And I love, I love seeing people that are like just really free and getting lost in their own little world of worship. I think it's awesome. I'll jump so in. that's I'll, it. That's so cool. I'll, I'll jump in with one more kind of follow up question on that. Like, yeah, I know even just personally, like I lead week in and week out and then hear you talk about like pressing in to God and like that. I'm like, well, man, sometimes I'll go through a week and I don't even really think about that i'm kind of just doing the music like can can you speak a little bit how do you keep your heart tender to that when you're leading worship and how is that like how do you continue to foster that yeah i just i try to just keep it in my mind that more than the songs more than anything that god does have something that he wants to do in the room that day with those people and i think that you know for some people in there this could be like their their final straw, their, their, the fleece they're putting before the Lord there. I'm, I am at my desperate moment. I really need an encounter with Jesus today. Like if, if God doesn't show up, I feel like I'm just going to die or, you know, whatever it is like it, it, those, those moments when we come together corporately to worship, um, I feel like the Lord 
wants us to leave changed every single time. And it isn't about me. It isn't about the songs, even though I love songs and they're obviously really important, but ultimately it's, it's not about the songs. It's about us encountering him and allowing him to change our lives. And when we encounter God in worship, I don't see how we could possibly leave the room the same way that we came in. Um, we, we get around him and we change. And so I just, I think it's just a constant reminding myself that my job as a worship leader is to partner with him and what he wants to do that day with those people. And, and it can be hard when you have like, like for us, we have three services in the morning and we're doing the same set list over and over and over. And it can get really like, Oh my gosh, I got to sing this song again. But again, if I I have, it's a little bit of a mental battle, you know, you have to just really remind yourself that, God can do whatever he wants and he's going to do something different probably each service because this is a different group of people. And and my job is not just to sing through the songs, but to partner with him in whatever it is that he wants to accomplish in the room and trying to be really sensitive to that. And that, that just comes from, um, honestly, just years of really trying to discipline my mind to be that yeah. way. And yeah. Um, and practicing that and, and working really hard at it because it certainly is not, not easy at all. That's it for this week's episode. As you heard us mention in this episode, um, we have a Facebook community page. If you look up the Church Collective community, you can hop in there. And whenever we do these interviews, I always do my best to hop in there and see if you guys have questions for the artists and the the people that we get to interview on the podcast. And a lot of times, we'll even get people from the community to come in and uh, talk through what they're going through at their church. So if you're not plugged into that community, that really is uh, a great place to just be a part of the lifeblood of the Church Collective and get support from other people and connect with others and see what they're doing in their churches. So be sure to take the time and join us over there. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week.